Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and it's time for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars. It's just like you're on the playground in the 80s, 90s, the aughts, and probably uh, once we can get back to schoolyards soon here. I'm Ken Napsok, joined by Joseph Scrimshaw. Joseph, how are you, sir? I'm good. I am in my own little playground, my apartment playground. It, it, it all comes back to that. That's where the love of Star Wars grows. 
and the discussions that we used to have. Do you, I distinctly remember, I got, I got an old friend of mine named Gavin. We've been friends since second grade. And we would sit out in the middle of the soccer field and we'd be like, well, I like the G.I. Joe Sky Striker. I like the Cobra Rattler. <laughs> I like the X-Wing. I like the B-Wing. And, and those are the conversations we had. And it's nice to know that we can do that uh, all through our lives now with microphones. <laughs> did you have that experience as well? Oh, yeah. I did lots of different kind of playing. I, I remember that there was a specific challenge to be brave enough to hang upside down on some monkey bars so you could pretend to be Luke trapped by the Wampa on Hoth. <laughs> How far, how, how far did you get? Did you win it? Did you, how'd you do? Yeah. You know, it took me a while to build up the courage, but it was really the motivation of like, no, I, I need to, I need to feel that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That is awesome. Indeed. Um, today we're going to be ranking, uh, something pretty simple and direct, which I love to do. We are going to be ranking per Joseph's suggestion, the best Imperial vehicles. So before I, uh, ask Joseph where uh, where his uh, why his heart went to that direction today because it's a great topic. I love getting simple. We love sometimes getting deep with deep themes, big scenes, uh, fun things, silly things. But this is one of those just basic ones, those basic conversations that, quite frankly, sometimes I'm surprised uh, we we didn't already do episodes like this. Um, but it's 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 the bare bones, the building blocks of our Star Wars fandom are these kind of ranks, uh, these kind of rankings about about vehicles and ships and all those kind of things. So, Joseph, uh, why why did your heart lead you to the dark side of vehicles today? <laughs> uh, well, uh, two things. Exactly what you were saying is I love doing all the deep dives and, and talking about like theme and meaning and all those things in Star Wars. Uh, and sometimes I feel like maybe uh, we, we should balance that even more. And I, and I like that you do on rank that you do some of these more um, straightforward. What is awesome? What looks cool? What you know makes you want to go on the play, playground and uh, pretend you're one of these ships <laughs> flying through space? So it was definitely that uh you know some just like hey let's let's balance the the deep dives with just the sort of aesthetic joy of star wars which can absolutely have its own depth and then the reason i specifically said imperial ships is there is one that i realize my mind has just been floating to and i've just been nerding out in my soul there's one of the ships on this list uh that is the reason i wanted to talk about imperial ships Oh, I love that. I love when we have those little, like, I got to get to this somehow, some way on Force Center, whether, again, the big themes, big moments, or these little things um, uh, that we uh, have in our hearts here. So this is why we're ranking the best Imperial vehicles. Now, before we get into the list, uh, Joseph, let's discuss. So you know, a lot of times we do Hall of Fame, and, and there were some potential Hall of Fame vehicles here uh, that we just figure, figured are too big to part, uh, be, be in the conversation. Then in discussing it, we kind of changed our mind. We're not putting anything into the Hall of Fame. However, we will address the Death Star. Technically, you could call it a vehicle, but Joseph, you felt and I agree that that is that's not necessarily the spirit of this conversation, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the Death Star, and I think technically... Technically, it moves around in space. It could be considered a vehicle, but it seems uh, so much more like, uh, I don't know, a home. <laughs> it's the Dianoga's house. That's what the, the Death Star is. That's right. <laughs> if we're ranking uh, houses in Star Wars, mobile homes, so to speak. The Death Star is a giant, violent mobile home. Technically could be considered a vehicle, but we're going to leave it off the list. Yeah, it just seems fair. Like I said, not not entirely in the spirit of what we're talking about here today. Uh, and in fact, even if you look at those visual dictionaries, it's sometimes listed as location. It's definitely a, 
uh, uh, probably a location on the call sheet for any production. Um, so that's <laughs> it. But then again, so would a Star Destroyer. Please don't at me. We are going to begin. Without further ado, we're diving on into our list of the best Imperial vehicles, which means, Joseph, we're going to begin with your number five. My number five is the Lambda-class Imperial shuttle. This is, of course... In absolute uh, classic, it has got the very cool design. I think it's it fits in with everything that had come before uh, in a real world linear time of A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. Uh, but it's also kind of different looking. It's mm. so uh, angular in those those wings that you can flip up and down. It's very uh, assertive and in. Uh, well, looking very, very functional, still fitting in with the Empire by looking kind of angular and evil. It looks like a grumpy <laughs> spaceship. <laughs> um, and a part of my love for it comes from being of the age that by the time Return of the Jedi came out, I had had a lot of time to absorb everything that had been. So it felt so new and uh, and different. And then over the years, I think I've come to really appreciate it for the fact that it is uh, designed to look cool as a ship, but also it is designed for dramatic entrances, right? That's kind of what it's about. That you know, landing ramp uh, comes down, uh, that boarding ramp, and you get to see the emergence of Vader. You get to see Emperor. It is like the the evil runway of Return of the Jedi that is really presenting us with these villains. Um, and is it's going to come up a couple times on here. Uh, uh, one of the other reasons that it's close to my heart is this is one of the biggest vehicles that I got to have uh, back in the day. Uh, I was uh, got this for Christmas uh, when I lived in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota at the time. Brooklyn uh, Center, actually. Brooklyn Center, Minnesota at the time. Uh, and it was a absolute prized possession. I still have it. I still have the box. But at one time when we moved... My brother was concerned that the movers would be too rough with our Star Wars toys, so he wrote all over the boxes. So my Imperial shuttle box uh, has uh, a handwritten message that says, handle with care, chumps. <laughs> Always good to inspire care. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I think uh, my brother was trying to pick up just kind of the lingo and vernacular of Wolverine, who we both uh, really liked at the time. Still do, uh, but instead just insulted people who are, you know, working for a living. We're the working man, just uh, just like a good shuttle driver. And, exactly. Uh, I love this choice, man. I think it's a great way to lead off. It, it was something that probably would have made my list as well uh, if uh, if I knew that you didn't love it as much as I do. Because uh, I, I, the design, the, the beauty of it, the elegance, uh, the sleekness, all those things kind of jump off the screen and, and fascinate you as a, as, as a young kid. I just remember seeing... A lot of those behind-the-scenes magazines, uh, some of the the thoughts going into the from the creators of of you know the designers of, of Return of the Jedi, just what went into it, you know. And I was just fascinated by how it looked, how it felt, and I think yeah, because of our connection to toys, whether it be Lego sets or Star Wars, the kind of stuff, just the the wings moving up, just was it it pulled me in, it 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 uh, enraptured me. I was just I, I love this. Uh, the design, uh, the like I said, the elegance of it there. And and did you spend a lot of time as a kid in Return of the Jedi, wondering where these were? Not in in the other movies, but not in like a where were they? But just like ooh, were they just like behind the Death Star waiting in New New Hope? Uh, uh, what you know, where were these beautiful things? I think I, I 
if I thought about it at all, which I don't clearly remember, I think I would have just assumed that they're new, that the Empire made them new, that, you know, they, yeah. they had some free time on their hands in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. And if they built a whole new Death Star, they could have built some shuttles, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I like, you know, special editions. I, I do like, you know, taking some of the unused footage or whatever and just kind of throwing it in there with uh, Vader. I, I I actually really like that. Uh, you know, this is 90s. This is well before the modern era where we start seeing these shuttles pop up in other places. But I did I did appreciate, the, the kid in me appreciated that connection in, 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 in the special edition of, oh, yep, okay, it was there. Oh yeah, in 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 the delivery on that uh, Empire line, you know, but prepare my shuttle for my arrival is like it's pretty intense for just kind of uh, basic administration of day to day tasks. Have you have you thought to it? This is why I love this vehicle. It inspired. This is these are real thoughts I had on the playground. Uh, you're traveling along. We we now know, thanks to these uh, you know cross section books and and even some scenes here with the Delta class shuttle with Krennic, you know. Not not necessarily roomy on the inside. Have you just ever thought of just how uncomfortable that conversation might have been while you're shuttling around the galaxy with Palpatine just sitting there and some dignitaries? <laughs> you know, it's closed quarters. Like, what are they talking about while they're in there? These are the things I used to think about. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And for for my imagination, uh, the emperor and the dignitaries have a natural stench of evil, uh, but because they're very wealthy, they cover it with perfume. So I think that they have that specific stench of something sickly sweet on top, covering something foul underneath. <laughs> just, just there's one poor like imperial officer uh, who doesn't have a stormtrooper mask on. He's just sitting in there, like God, bless it. I can't. It's so bad in here. It's so bad in I, here. I can't can't let it show. Can't let it show. Yeah. yeah it, it show. The, the the last thing I'd shout out is, is this is one of those uh, vehicles that becomes really important to the narrative too. Of of we we get a little bit of that mood that you're talking about with uh, Han saying, you know, I don't think the Empire had him in mind. Had Wookiees in mind when they designed it. You know, uh, so yeah. so it, it is important narratively too. Yeah, and and the final for me, uh, the shuttle Tidarium, uh, as 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 you you mentioned, the one they have, I for a spell growing up again, kids before Wikipedia, before encyclopedias, you had to wait for the card sets. Maybe um, I, I thought the, that they were just Tidarium shuttles. Uh, that's, what oh. they, that's what they were. Then Lambda class came later on in my life. Yeah, no, that, and that makes uh, total sense. Yeah. So little know-it-all Kenny on the playground was like, no, they're Tidarium <laughs> shuttles. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, everybody. That's a already great, a trivia champ. Yeah, great. Yeah, already great start to our list there. Uh, looking at the best Imperial vehicles, one of the more beautiful vehicles, if we can describe the oppressive wings of the Empire, is beautiful. Uh, number five for me, starting my list. We're going with something a little new. I'm sneaking in something new, but I thought about it and I just uh, they grabbed me when I first saw them on screen. You don't see them necessarily in a ton of action but i just like the look i i, I like the class of stormtroopers that are, that kind of come with this vehicle and we are going to rogue one and the combat assault tank the tx-225 occupier because why not just say it in the title of the vehicle <laughs> that's great so this one um i don't know i just maybe it goes back to the phantom menace where i do enjoy the idea of those tanks i, I think those vehicles that the 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 tanks and phantom menace Clone War era stuff, the Separatist tanks. Beautiful. I have beautiful design. And so I know I just, the Empire, 
it would make sense to me that they would have a, a, a tank. And I love the tank driver. I love the tank pilot. I, I love that scene, uh, the guerrilla warfare in the street. It's just, it's, it's, it is, um, I, I hate that term gritty. It, it's overused, but that was just, just like this. Wow. A, a gritty guerrilla war battle in star Wars and, and this, in this tank and not that, not that I have sympathy for the tank drivers, but just like they're just doing their job. Right. Oh God. So anyways, it just inspired a lot of, um, a lot of thoughts about that scene, uh, taking back into that playground conversation of just, of just taking your figures and, and having a fight in the street. And I liked it. It's a ground assault vehicle, uh, you know, where you're so used to things floating and flying and zipping along in Star Wars. And I think that's why I do like just the slow, methodical TX-225 occupier from the Rothana Heavy Engineering. And yes, I'm reading that. I would not get that in a trivia contest or on the playground. <laughs> so, uh, Joseph, that's my number five. What do you think about the tank? Oh, that is great. There's so many great things about it. Yeah, I, I think a part of, uh, you know, what we're searching for when we say gritty with Rogue One uh, and with this tank is a lot of stuff in Star Wars looks cool, but is clearly not maybe the most practical in the world. And this mm -hmm. tank is totally practical, right? If you actually did want yes. to hold a smaller urban environment this tank is you know relatively well designed for it i'm not a military expert but you know it's not as crazy as uh, some of the other uh, things that we've seen in star wars mm -hmm. love that it's called occupier because you know when we're introduced to imperial naming protocols by uh, things like death star and star destroyer you know there's there's some honesty <laughs> in the way that they name things I want our branding to state our mission. Um, <laughs> yeah, they could have a tank that says, we'll kill you. We don't care. Yeah. I mean, this is the TX-230 killer tank. They, yeah, they kill tank. this is the boot on your neck. That's the name of this new tank. Yeah. Uh, love so it. I love that. Love that. And then this fun detail, because when I saw it on your list, I was like, is that what I think it is? I realized that uh, I, reading it on Wikipedia that I have been led astray by toys. Uh, it was originally designed to be a hover tank thing in some of the toys described it that way. And some of the toys described uh, the driver as a hover tank driver. Uh, it, but it does not hover at all. It occupies. It occupies the ground. Yeah, it is on the ground. That is a that is a tank and boots on the ground situation, and might be some uh, some uh, reasons I love it because it's a little bit different. So, with the occupier uh, occupying space behind us, see what I did there. We are going to move to your number four. My number four is uh, another vehicle that uh, occupies the ground and our future, and it is the Imperial Troop Transport. Uh, now, this one. <laughs> is, uh, you know, this one is just the circle of Star Wars life in, in vehicle form. This was the first toy that was produced back in the day that was not based on something from the movies. If you're not uh, familiar with it, it is kind of just this uh, flat little slug of a ship with a kind of little rounded face that the pilots sit in. It's got a a blaster on top, and then it's got these little kind of swinging doors uh, that stormtroopers can just stand in or pile out of. So the toy, it's a pretty straightforward thing. Uh, it came with lots of uh, little bits and pieces. It had a little weird prisoner hat that you could put on somebody, uh, but you could just <laughs> <laughs> slot the stormtroopers into these little doors. So it's this kind of weird transport where it looked like the stormtroopers are riding on the outside, but it looked cool. 
And then it appeared in uh, various legend stuff. It appeared in Rebels, but its big recent comeback was that it physically appeared in Mandalorian and uh, the 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 what used to just be the kind of the stormtroopers sit there and ride on the outside uh, did totally become doors that a bunch of stormtroopers piled out of, and now they're making a a vintage uh, line mm-hmm. version of the Imperial troop transport from the Mandalorian. So it is the entire circle of Star Wars life from toy to screen to toy again. Such a great choice because you're, I I was watching those uh, last two episodes this weekend, seven and eight of Mandalorian. And when that pops up, you know, it's like, I can't, can't can't help but get excited. And again, we saw it in rebels and I loved it in rebels. I I just was like, Oh God, that's, that's so fun because this was one of those shared punchlines those shared inside jokes with star wars fans who grew up in that era it was just you remember that crappy imperial transport thing but then sometimes things are so simple you call it a slug it's so simple it's so part of just uh in like i said these inside jokes they just become loved and deserve the love and i love that feloni it makes sense he would be the guy that'd be like you know what we got to do we got to base a lot of action around that toy <laughs> and then like you said it shows up mandalorian and it, it works and and then and that kind of tweak to the design of it just it's like a clown car now and all these troopers are <laughs> popping out of it i just love it i, I do love it so uh, a great choice yeah yeah and unlike the uh the occupier tank uh this one is is that great star wars like this doesn't quite make sense but let's try there's no science in Star Wars. Let's just go. Hey, man, we saw in Rebels. These things cook. You can get to where you need to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can fit all sorts. Of, I love your clown car, the uh, the clown troop transport. I wonder if the Rebels call them that. Oh, look, dude, you got some bucket heads here in a clown car. <laughs> clown car full of bucket heads. Uh, and it worked. It, it live action version of it. It it it, it really worked. And I, I'm sure there was a big smile on Dave Filoni's cowboy hat wearing face <laughs> when they pulled that off. Yeah, it's just insanely beautiful. It's a, never a toy that I had, but it is one that I saw in the stores and coveted. So uh, it's great to see it in reality. And maybe, maybe I'll pony up for that vintage one. That sounds right. Sounds like you might need to there. Great choice for the, uh, number four on your list. And this, of course, uh, really came back big in Rebels, uh, and, and I'm going that, that down that route for my number four. It is the Quasar Fire Class Cruiser Carrier. All right. Are you ready for one of those weird Ken stories of real life and Star Wars and how he ends up liking things? Yeah, this pops up in. Yeah, yeah, are you ready? This pops up in Rebels. Now, first kind of mentioned. I, I I was doing a little research on this. There, first time, first come was kind of mentioned and, and originated from. Uh, uh, the book that ended essentially my Star Wars Legends fandom back in the day, uh, and it's the Truce of Bakura. Now, this is the first <laughs> time it kind of popped up, and I did read that book, and then I finished that book and went, I don't know if these Star Wars books are for me, uh, but that's uh, another time, another conversation. But these come back full force in Rebels, and I love when they do that in modern Star Wars. Go into Legends, find something, pull out the pieces we love and make something out of it and, and repurpose a lot of things. and. And I enjoy it. And the, the Quasar Fire, there's the, the, the Quasar Fire and the Quasar Fire, uh, the one class and the two class. These are the ships, uh, in case you're not familiar with them, uh, flat up top like a Star Destroyer, like a classic wedge shape. But down below, it's got four, looks like USB ports. Looks <laughs> like <So> you can <laughs> plug some oppression into your ship. And in there, they have uh, approximately about 48 TIE Fighters ready to go. And they're, uh, they're, they're seen a lot. Uh, in, in Rebels, of course, uh, the, the 
the, the rebels actually get a hold of one and kind of becomes part of their ragtag fleet. And the reason I love that I, my, my dad and my, his brother, my late uncle, Nick, were in the Navy and I didn't, I did not join the Navy. I did not, did not go into the military. Um, but I always thought if I was, I was probably, I'd probably carry on their, their legacy and, and go into the Navy. So my dad had a lot of Navy books around the house, just those books, you got a lot of these books in the eighties where it was like, do you like big rigs? Well, here's a book of big rig photos. <laughs> and so my dad had like Navy ships and I would just, as a kid around this time when I'm watching star Wars and getting all into that world, I just thumb through almost every day, these Navy ships. And I was fascinated by an aircraft carrier. And I got to go on the USS enterprise one time, the big one, the, Whoa. the big aircraft car carrier. Yeah. I've, I've seen that. And I think I saw the, man, I'm going to mess it up. Someone's going to like the New Jersey, the battleship. Um, we'd go down and do tours. You can do tours. And so I was fascinated with the aircraft carriers and I was fascinated with the battleships, but also the destroyers. And my dad was on like a sub tender and my uncle was on a different ship. So I used to study it. And so I just love that the Imperial Navy is no different. And so when these popped up in rebels, it just got my mind thinking, going again, going back to the childhood, the, the youth, the playgrounds of our minds. And I was like, I don't know, you know, start a story is great. If I, if I had to be in the Imperial Navy and I was stationed somewhere, I, okay, that superstars are all death star, but I don't know. There's something I liked about this. This would feed my little daydream imagination of what does a, a destroyer do in battle against a battleship? Like how can they, how, you know, what purpose do they serve in the, the Navy? So I, I have that here and I just became fascinated with the the quasar fire class uh, cruiser carriers from rebels and uh that's why i like them i don't know if there's any toys that exist of them i'd love to get a hold of one if they do uh i just became uh, quickly fascinated with this new piece to star war and old piece to star wars uh, vehicle lore oh wow that that is great and totally makes sense of why uh, why you would like it from so many different perspectives I really love the design of it, that it is one of the things from um, Imperial design that is a little bit more simple and straightforward, right? That it does. It's mm -hmm. just kind of this flat, brutal triangle with the uh, four <laughs> death-dealing USB ports, as you <laughs> put it. And uh, this is great. I'm so glad we're doing this episode because as soon as I saw the ship, I was like, oh, yeah, that one. But scrolling through Wikipedia, it, it's a canon detail that has escaped me because there there's so many to enjoy all of the different connections uh, that it, yeah. how I didn't, I remembered it from Rebels, but having only watched Rebels once at this point, I didn't quite track the significance of all of the events that happen with it. I didn't uh, pick up that it is, uh, appears to be uh, mentioned in uh, Alphabet Squadron, which we both really enjoyed. And yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah, and uh, Han Solo, during his time in, in the Academy, uh, was assigned to uh, this uh, for a training run for this type of ship. So, uh, yeah, it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of uh, history in this new modern era, but also again, tied to, uh, legends, which a lot of the vehicles, you know, the tie defender, all the, all, and I don't want to step on anything on your list, Joseph, but like, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, Hey, remember that cool, weird concept of a ship back at a novel in 1994. Let's try to see what we can do with that. And I, that as much as I sometimes say, Hey, I don't really dig the legends as much as others. I, I love when that happens, and this is a great example of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and again, maybe I'd uh, I'd, I'd be a chef, a, a, a short order cook on one of these ships. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that is my number four, which means we are up to your number three. 
Uh, my number three is not an obscure ship from uh, Legends that made its way into modern canon. It is uh, pretty loud and proud and very, very big. Uh, it is the Super Star Destroyer, or Executor Class Star Dreadnought. But I wanted to go a little bit deeper, so I'm going to say specifically the Executor. Uh, or some other people call it the, the Executor. Uh, I remember uh, being yelled at, I believe, by my brother that it should be pronounced Executor. So I have stuck with that throughout my life, uh, in, uh, unless he, uh, in fear of him calling me a chump like he did to the moving people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I love the general design of the Super Star Destroyer. And remember in my youth, kind of as I started to get a little bit older and pour through uh, books and trading cards and realizing, oh, the Star Destroyer is small, and then the Super Star Destroyer is so big. And I think because I had lived uh, both in smaller towns, in larger urban areas, there was something about it that really struck me that like the uh, exterior of it, the sort of flat part was more like, you know, plains and fields and farmland. And then all that stuff bunched up in the middle was like the city. And it was like, how can a ship be both like, urban and rural at the same time and i think it just kind of fascinated me visually because of that yeah uh but then the executor when i started to think about uh so much in empire strikes back that is important and resonant happens specifically on the executor you know you have the uh uh, the shot of uh, Vader in his meditation chamber. You have the transmission to the Emperor where they discuss the son of Skywalker. You have the the bounty hunter meeting. You really get into the data pits. It's it's the the Star Destroyer or Super Star Destroyer where, where kind of big, important scenes to Star Wars happen. So, I mean, God, and, and the introduction of it in, in Empire with, with the introduction of the Imperial March is is iconic for a reason the sound the imperial march is, is the sounds of the empire taking over the galaxy and 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 i love the way they played with it uh, you know like hey you remember those big ships from the first movie <laughs> hell this one's gonna fly over all of those and, and the shadow of the empire will creep out uh with the ship i, I think that's a great choice joseph it, it, and you're right it's it is true talk about locations death star being located this is this is a classic location yeah, yeah, it is absolutely central to Star Wars. And yeah, I, I love that you pointed out that the Imperial March comes with it because it, it goes along with the like, yeah, 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 they they lost the Death Star, but they have all this machinery and all this size and might and they, the Empire is too big to fail kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is uh, It is an Adam McKay movie, uh, right, uh, it, in, in the Imperial uh, ranks. Um and as far as how to how to say that specific one, the executor versus executor, I like you grew up saying executor, and I think it's not quite the at at ATAT fight. It's not it's not that. And there's probably you know an answer somewhere. But I remember like when I when I was doing the the audio read of, of my book, uh, and it came to this, me and the engineer had a, had a debate, and he ended up winning. They made me say both ways, and they put the um, I believe they put the executor in the book because he was about 10, 15 years younger than me. Mm. And not to put it on a generational divide, but you, me, um, uh, my friend Adam Witt for the movie guys, he's about our age, a couple years older, and we had a conversation about it. He's like, no, the executor is, is how I always said it. Even though executor makes, I guess, more sense <laughs> with Darth Vader. I, you know, to execute you. Yeah, no, <laughs> execute you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, it made hearing about uh, various like uh, legal and financial terms a lot more exciting for me uh, growing up. 
It's just in business meetings, just drifting off. Yeah. This is the executor of the will. Like, whoa, wow. So cool. Yeah. So something I'm sure people, uh, people listening, uh, we have so many knowledgeable fans. uh, I'm sure somebody knows this off the top of their head. I I bet there's something that happened generationally, either something uh, it was mentioned on a behind the scenes or maybe in one of the one of the radio dramas that were uh, out back in the day. I bet there's some reason that it got in all of our heads that uh, that I'll find out after I Google this. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's like I don't care how you say it. I know what you mean. And I love this. What I and I love that you said the city, the the, the thinking about the city uh, and rural and, and urban. It it is like a floating uh, Manhattan. <laughs> is, you got Central Park. You got this. You got the depth. Uh, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. I think people would be mad if we didn't include that. So I'm glad it's there, which means we are on to my number three and my number three, we're now getting to some classics and not that I was trying to be too cute. I was going with my heart on my fourth and, and fifth spots, but it's time for some classics and I am going to the all terrain scout transport, the ATSD, the chicken walker. And I, I almost didn't include this on the list, Joseph. What? I kind of thought about it. I thought about things I own, Lego sets, um, you know, um, figures or any, you know, little toys or anything like that. And um, also, again, going back to the playgrounds of of my youth. And yeah, I, I can't separate just my, my little giddy joy for a seven-year-old Kenny seeing this uh, Star Wars thing called Return of the Jedi and seeing this walker being scared, intimidated, so happy when Chewie uh, and the Ewoks go, uh, uh, you know, kill, uh, you know, well, we think kill uh, the director <laughs> and uh, producer of the movie uh, you know, and all those things. Um, and I grew up calling it uh, ATSD or Chicken Walker, which was really referred to a lot of the times like that. Um and to see, and I was, I've, I've talked about my little fascination that there's one on Hoth, that you just get that little shot of one on Hoth, um, that uh, I love uh, jokes aside. And I know uh, famous YouTube channels love using this as a joke, but I, I love when it shows up in Rogue One because it should be there. That's what it would be used for as the Empire tries to control and maintain control of the galaxy city by city. So um, I really do love it, even though... Other than Rogue One, we don't see it succeed often. <laughs> it doesn't seem, and, and I'll tell you what, the two, I have a Black Series one that's to sort of scale to the three and three quarter line. And that would be, and you used to, I think you see it in my old apartment, Joseph, would you, and it would always, it would always fall over. Oh, yeah. Um, I have the Lego one. I just got that out of storage again. It would always fall over. <laughs> so that keeps in line. That's on brand. And, and final note for me on this, uh, when it shows up in the uh, fourth episode of The Mandalorian, I thought Bryce Dallas Howard's decision to turn this into a dinosaur, so to speak, and just have a great it, – it, I just rewatched it this this past week. I've been doing my Mandalorian rewatch, and I'm like, yep, you know what? She nailed it. And and for something that has been tripped by Ewoks and – and doesn't you know doesn't seem to be that sturdy once you actually kind of put it out there. And again, it does uh, you know poor Nanta rest in peace. Nanta fell at the uh, foot at one of these. Um, but to see it in, in Mandalorian used in, in in this wonderful creative artistic way just kind of brought it home for me. Yeah, I do love the ATSD. 
That is great. I'm so glad you included this one. Uh, the ATSD is almost, it, it's its so, of course, it's almost like if somebody asked me what are my favorite things in life, I would never think to list oxygen because it's just there and it's <laughs> essential. It, it is. Uh, the yeah. ATSD is, is so uh, great. I agree with you about Bryce Dallas Howard kind of uh, giving uh, justice to the ATSD of mm. making it scary and building up like it, it is really terrifying and it can take out a lot of, of people. And there's a reason that, you know, these pirates can, you know, uh, have a lot of power with it. All sorts of mm. great stuff there. And then, uh, you know, I go to return of the Jedi and it, you get to see so many cool shots with the ATSD in terms of vehicles having just a ton of variety. I mean, the 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 wobble of the legs when the one gets the the steps on the logs. Yeah. It's one of the best pratfalls in cinema. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie Chaplin, that ATSD falling over. Yeah. One of the best pratfalls. It's it's so great, and and the way they they turn their heads and the sound of their blasts and everything about it is just so great. <laughs> that I mean, come on, that's. Uh... That's a classic. That's a classic. When you grow up with that, when you see that's your first cut of real exposure to Star Wars is that sound and just the thing bomb. And again, the the behind the scenes stuff of going to some of those early docs and those early magazines just to see the scale model of it and to learn as, say, like an eight or nine year old that that thing I saw when I was seven or eight um, was a model. And it was and there was some dude in uh, with no shirt and jeans on. <laughs> I remember the shot of him kind of fixing the model, <laughs> just kind of. It helps kind of build the lore of these vehicles in your mind. So the ATSD, the chicken walker, number three on my list, which means we're up to your number two. Uh, my number two is the reason that I wanted to talk about Imperial vehicles. Uh, we finally got to it. Uh, now, it is of a specific, it is one of a kind of that there are many of, uh, which is another super important ship in Star Wars, which is it's a TIE Fighter variant. The TIE Fighter itself is, of course, amazing and classic and like oxygen. But this is one of the newer designs that I absolutely love, and it is the TIE Striker. It is uh, from Rogue One. It is the one that has the uh, sort of bigger, longer pod. But then the cool, uh, angular, bat-like dagger wings uh, that sit mm. on top of it. And then it's got this uh, cool uh, history built into it that it is designed mainly for atmosphere. It can go into space, but is mainly for atmosphere. So the um, the wings are on top to uh, collect the sunlight, uh, those uh, those ion or those uh, solar panels. Uh, and then the idea is also that it was primarily produced and used on Scarif. So there are only a few left after the events of Rogue One. And this is one for me that's just. It, I love it to death aesthetically. I think because it is bat-like, it is uh, after years and years and years of different TIE fighters. Like uh, I was, yeah. again, of the right age to realize, oh, we got a, there's a TIE fighter and then there's a TIE bomber. So then there's going to be a new TIE in Return of the Jedi because there's always new TIEs. It is one of the oldest ships that gets revamped in some in different ways. Yeah. And there, my whole list could be TIEs. I love almost all the TIEs. So to be as old as I was when Rogue One came out and to have them reconfigure the basic components of a TIE fighter in yet another totally brand new way that totally surprised me and I absolutely loved, I think made me love it even more of like, wow, you can still make that exciting. And I just absolutely love it. 
That's a great point because I know sometimes I, I see some cynicism wrapped around each time there's a new movie and there's a, a new design. Not that all the designs are home runs, but the, the very concept of uh, of a new ship that we're familiar with somehow causes some people to roll their eyes. And and I don't know, maybe I don't necessarily think it's just generational, but like that's just it's just fun, right? Like, don't you want to have a new Star Wars vehicle to talk about, to collect, to fall in love with, um, to be, it's like the U-Wing. I love the U-Wing. And where's the U-Wing, the rest of the story? I don't know. We'll find out. But I love what I'm seeing right here. And the TIE Striker is in that category for me. It's, it's like a lot of TIE Fighters, wonderfully awkward, but wonderfully designed and makes sense. And I love the atmosphere decision. I love that it's on Scarif. Because who doesn't want to go to Scarif, right? You <laughs> yeah, want to get exactly. that beach duty. <laughs> Get that beach duty. You fly around in the striker, just kind of patrolling the beaches. You got shore troopers down below. Where, yeah, Scarif's where you want to end up. You want to retire to go to Scarif as an imperial officer, or stormtrooper, or pilot. So, I, I really like your decision. Um, is uh, do they have good toy versions of that out? I don't know that off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. There's a great uh, Tie Striker that comes with just like a classic uh, Imperial Tie Fighter pilot, and uh, and I, oh man, I, I've got my Amazon tab open. I, I might break. I might break this one. This one might break me. I really. I really don't have room for vehicles, man, but I need a tie striker. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's great what you're saying about, uh, you know, different fans are going to have different opinions. And, and some people think, yeah, 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 we're just um, we're just rewriting the same old songs. And it's all it's all these are all cover band tie fighters. Got it. And sure. if that's your opinion, totally understandable uh, and respect different opinions. But for me, I think it, it goes back to this was a tradition of the original trilogy of, hey, Let's have a new, uh, we got a TIE bomber. Now we got a TIE interceptor. Uh, and I think it's about the fact that a little bit, there's the reality of in-world of like, well, yeah, of course they would use similar designs or, or like what you said with the ATSD, just that's mm. the thing they use for that place. But outside of the movie, it goes back to the spirit of all those 70 dudes, 70s dudes in their, their jeans and their yeah. wild uh, mustaches kit bashing and the designers going crazy uh and having fun the new designs for ships and the variations of old ships they're the spirit of fun and adventure from the designers uh to the people actually physically making uh the models and it's it's about that too it's about that sense of play and discovery and that means a lot to me and the fact that the tie striker connected with me uh mm. and i think part of the reason i really wanted to talk about it was Rogue One for me is just it knocks it out of the park design wise. The U-wing has now become in just meshed in uh, Star Wars canon, and I think a lot of people's hearts. The Shore Trooper is my favorite uh, variation on Imperial Troopers, but we haven't talked a lot about the Tie Striker, and I honestly don't know if people love it as much as I do. So I wanted to get a big shout out there for the Tie Striker. Shout out to the Tie Striker. Uh, I love it. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, Rogue. Could you could you imagine if you're a concept artist, uh, a designer, um, uh, someone even in a creature shop, and you get you get a job on a new Star Wars film, and they're like, "Oh, but you you can't have any new vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> you have to use yeah. whatever was established in 1977." Can I do a variant on it? No, 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 no. It's got to be the same. <laughs> just not fun not fun it's not part of star wars because you're right it is it is just about those uh as much as those weird hippies in van eyes designing things for george <laughs> as it is anything else uh, exactly. great 
Great list uh, uh, so far here. We're coming down to uh, the end. We'll take a quick break in a bit, but uh, we're going to get to my number two. And you mentioned it, and it's part of it, and it's and it's um, part of I, I clearly why I love new designs in each movie. I'm listing number two, the TIE Interceptor. The TIE slash IN Interceptor, Interceptor the Sinar Fleet System's uh, uh, answer to the A-Wing. Uh, so to speak here. So I, you know, even though I did see New Hope uh, technically first, I was too young to really remember. It was Return of the Jedi that pulled me in. So I grew up not knowing that this was an addition to the movie. This just was, again, a different part of the Imperial Armada. They have different kinds of ships. It just made sense to me. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was also a G.I. Joe fan. <laughs> it's <was> like we, <laughs> we have different kind of vehicles in each line. Uh, I've grown to love and appreciate the Titan Interceptor more and more. I also love the idea that part of the concept behind it was, hey, those TIE fighters that we had in 77 and 80, could you see out the sight of them? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, we probably got to fix that. So, of course, now you get some uh, peripheral vision in your flight uh, uh, here. Um, uh, Lotus Nine, and, and again, it's good. And, and I've got uh, I've got a Wikipedia tab up here. I can I can talk to you about some of the finer points of the Tiner Scepter. I'm, I'm taking it back to the beginning, man, and and on the playground and just discussing this stuff. This was, and, and there is some canon, you know, information that follows this this line of thinking. But this was on the playground. This was the imperial answer to those fast little A wings. And I still look if I'm playing Battlefront Two and I go do one of the uh, the, the flying uh, levels or something like that, which I don't I don't do as much. I kind of miss that. Maybe I'll give that a go. Uh, you know, that's I, that's what I see it. Oh, uh, if I, I'm going to fly in an A wing, I'll fly an entire interceptor on the next round, or or I see a bunch of A wings fly around. I better get in the interceptor. Uh, it's just that's where it lands for me. It, it is this fast little version of the Imperial, uh, the classic Imperial TIE fighter. I think it's a great design. I had, and I have one of the Lego sets still, and I pulled that out recently on a stream uh, along with my ATSD Lego set. But beyond that, you know what I had that I didn't have a ton of, and I don't have it anymore, Joseph, but as, uh, did you ever get just the models, the old like snap or glue models? No, of, I uh, never did. Yeah. See, my dad, going back to my dad in the Navy, my dad loved to build, and my uncle too, uh, loved to build models of Navy ships. So my dad would have, an, he has an old roll-top roll desk, which he still has, and I have memories of him as a kid just sitting there painstakingly, and he's an engineer, he's really good with his hands, he's a, he's a designer, that kind of stuff. He painstakingly putting together, um, you know, uh, models of, of Navy ships. So I wanted to do, you know, you want to be like your dad. You, you, you're like the, uh, the child. You want to be like the Mandalorian. So I <laughs> got a hold of the TIE Interceptor one. Now, it was a snap together one, um, but I, I put it together and like I had that in my room. It was like my dad's building, uh, you know, the, the USS New Jersey. I'm building the TIE Interceptor. And so it always, always will have a big, uh, important place in my Star Wars love and heart. Oh man, that's great. That makes so much sense. Uh, yeah, I, I love the TIE Interceptor too. Uh, I, I can't remember when it became a part of my canon knowledge that they were faster, but you know, you certainly get to experience that playing, you know, all the video games, uh, going back, you know, uh, Rogue Leader and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. and still the Battlefront too. If you want to zip around and feel, you know, if you have a need for speed, you got a TIE Interceptor. 
but I just remember thinking they looked so cool. They looked, you know, just much more vicious with those uh, darting, pointy little wings. And mm-hmm. I think, as, as I'm remembering, talking about owning the Imperial Shuttle, I did have a Kenner TIE Interceptor. And I think part of it was I probably was getting some of this stuff in, like, 85 uh, when it would have been on discount. So I was able to, <laughs> my parents were able to afford some more of the Star Wars toys as they started to fade and they went on discount. But I, I remember the day I got my uh, my TIE Interceptor because uh, it was an incredibly cold cold uh winter night in uh minnesota and uh we had a a broken down little uh, ford escort and we were stopped at a stoplight and my mom was like this little car is pretty tough it gets us through and it literally died as she was complimenting (laughs) the car and i just remember being like frozen solid waiting to get in you know some strange pickup truck uh you know uh tow truck to be driven home and just like holding on to my tie interceptor and like i, I must protect this <laughs> must protect this yes so it sounds like you guys uh, rode around in the millennium falcon uh growing up there <laughs> i'm sure i tried yeah. to tell my mom to to punch the dashboard and see if that would fix it it's gotta work mom got or get a droid to Get, get, a, get down there. Uh, so uh, we are almost uh, done here. It's a great story. I love, uh, Joseph, that just we're just naturally, as we talk about this, we're going back to some of those memories of our of our youth as Star Wars fans because, again, that's where I think just a lot of these basic loves come from of these vehicles and these toys, and that's why I love talking about it. We are going to get to our number ones, some honorable mentions, and more memories coming your way. But we're, right now we're going to take a quick break here on Force. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back here to Star Wars Ranked on the Force Center podcast feed. We're happy that all of you are joining us here today for what is turning into quite the walk down memory lane with our favorite Imperial vehicles, the best Imperial vehicles in Star Wars. Joseph Scrimshaw is here with me. And uh, Joseph, we uh, before we get to our number ones, we're going to go through some honorable mentions. Now, there's there's. I'd say limited number of choices when you really look at it. You know, there's variations and everything. So there's there there's definitely a lot of choices. But uh, when you uh, I was going through the visual dictionaries, it's like you know, there's we're gonna have some things that people expect on this list, but it doesn't mean we don't have some things that almost made it. So what's what's your honorable mention list here? Yeah. So uh, one of the honorable mentions is the Corvus, uh, the Inferno Squad ship uh, that you get to see in in Partikin in uh, Battlefront Two uh, video game, and it's also in some of the uh, various Fantasy Flight Star Wars games. Uh, I just love the design of the Corvus. I like that it keeps the whole dagger aesthetic of in uh, triangle aesthetic of so many Imperial ships, but then it's got those kind of little little like baby wings the little curvy wings uh in the back which i really like uh and the reason i really like those uh curvy wings is going back to tie advanced x1 uh and, and this goes back to what we we're saying right this is a this is the very first star wars film they want to give darth vader a distinctive ship they could have just did a different paint job maybe uh maybe it was to make it uh as physically distinct as possible but there's already that sense of design in play to give him the cool tie advanced X one. So that's also on my runner up list. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I, I wanted to put a star destroyer on the runner up list. Yeah. So I, I picked a specific one and the, uh, the specific one I uh, picked is the inflictor, which is mm -hmm. the one that goes down. Uh, well, I, I won't say it appears somewhere in case uh, I don't want to have spoilers. <laughs> Uh, it, it appears in a in a novel that many people like, uh, but according to Wikipedia, and I'm sure other sources that I double-checked, it is also the one that we get to meet Ray on. So what a great mm -hmm. Star Destroyer to celebrate. Uh, and then my final runner-up uh, is the AT Hauler from yeah. Solo, which is just such a different-looking ship. It's so functional. Uh, it feels like there's these ships that the Empire builds to intimidate people. 
to be absolute, uh, you know, horrors of battle and then to just be real functional. I love the little uh, gantry uh, walkway underneath it, which is uh, both so practical and, and good for staring out at your future. So that is my list of runner-ups. <laughs> Great list. And I'll start where we are crossing some streams here, man. A.T. Hauler is on my honorable mention list. And and there was a chance it could have made mine. Um, I, just, I, just, I just didn't get over the hump. But, yeah, there's just something about – the design, the practicality, and and the way it is it is needed, and it's so valuable to the story. And it, uh, I love the train sequence in Solo, and uh, then it I, it's also so functional because it's it's got a shower. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you could it, it big enough to fit a Wookie and a smuggler. So uh, I, I I just like it. It's just one of those again. One part of a new Star Wars film is as is, is designs uh, with the um, stuff we're already kind of familiar with. It works for me there. I included uh, the Tie Striker and the Lambda Class shuttles were on my list. Happy to discuss them with you. Uh, and then uh, one of the final ones I'll talk about is is uh, you talked about it before too. But the the Tie Bomber, just Ooh. a f- fun variation. Uh, I like flying them on the Battlefront games, even though they're slow and clunky. I you know I love the Y wings, the the Rebel version of the bomber, so to speak. So I love that the the Empire again in the second film that someone's like you know what we need for that sequence we don't, we need we need some bombers the the, the Empire's got to have something different and and uh, I was just fascinated and and was watching Empire the other day on Disney Plus and just that that sequence when you when you see them and they're dropping the bombs down there uh, into the caves and they're just boom 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 the explosions it just is one of those little favorite tiny little moments in Star Wars that I love and it's courtesy of the Tie Bomber. So with the wonderful honorable mentions out of the way, we'll start uh, closing down the list with our number ones. I'll go first so the guests can uh, close the show. Probably no surprise if you've heard me talk about Star Wars for more than five minutes at any point. uh, My number one uh, Imperial vehicle, the best Imperial vehicle for my money is the 74Z speeder bike. Take me to Endor. That's right. (laughs) I love those biker scouts. Love the different classes of stormtroopers and all those things. I've had those discussions, but I have always been mesmerized by the speeder bike. As I'm talking to you all right now, I'm looking up at my six-inch Black Series Biker Scout and speeder bike that's been with me for a while. I have the Power of the Force speeder bike ones, the ones that explode. Don't have an original Kenner one. That never made my collection, which might have helped fuel my obsession with the speeder bike. I love that sequence. I love the sounds. And I think part of the legacy, part of the fun of the speeder bike is when the sounds appear in other parts of Star Wars, even if there's different variations of the speeder bike. Uh, watching Mandalorian, some speeders show up. In Rebels, the first uh, episode of Rebels, I remember when I was talking about that with, with Mod Garrett on Jedi Alliance, we kind of, I, we might have even teasing it a little bit, but just the fact that you see that there's some speeders in, in, in that first episode and it has the classic speeder sound, the speeder bike sound. And so you just kind of feel at home uh, as a Star Wars fan, so like the TIE fighter sounds, everything. It's part of that too. And then again, I talked about the behind the scenes stuff, how that kind of just rolls on into the on-screen lore just as much uh, sometimes when you're growing up, uh, even now, whether it's uh, for, uh, Force Awakens behind the scenes stuff, prequel behind the scenes stuff. For me, seeing and learning, and I talked about it on that documentary from Star Wars to Jedi, uh, the VHS tape. I, I rewatched that all uh, last week, and they really go into how the speeder bike sequence was shot 
I was fascinated with it as a kid, which is why I would jump on that palm tree that was kind of leaning sideways in my backyard <laughs> as a kid and turn that into my very own speeder bike. Joseph, I, I couldn't do this list without giving the speeder bike its proper due. That is right. And I never for one second considered putting the speeder bike on my list, not because I don't love it, but because I knew you had it handled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I did. We, we, we do try to do the surprise sometimes. We don't want to, uh, you know, you know, if, if you want to discuss this over the hour, I just kind of, hey, and you're like, yeah, no, I. I assume pretty safely that you want to talk about the speeder bike. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so great. I mean, it's not only the the sequence is exciting. It's got some great moments. It's one of my favorite uh, Luke moments of, you know, having the force ability to chop at exactly the right moment. And the front half of that speeder bike goes flying into the ground. It's so great. Uh, but, you know, we talk a lot about the inspirations from Lucas being, you know, somebody who loves uh, racing and speed and you know it's a so much of uh, American graffiti is built around that car culture and uh, the speeder bikes to me are such a huge part of that because they looked like they look like stripped down hot rods like so mm. many imperial vehicles are are armored fully fully armored and, and these look like they are absolutely built for speed they, they are literally like have feels like kind of exposed parts like certain kind of hot rod and then the, just the, the way that they're designed, everything about them is uh, just graphically about absolute forward movement, absolute mm. speed. And it's it, it makes them exciting by themselves. But, you know, we, we talked at the beginning about wanting to talk about um, ships to just talk about what's aesthetically cool. But sometimes there are deeper meanings. And to me, you look at the speeder bike and that's a part of the heart of Star Wars because it is about action and speed and forward movement and racing off to the next adventure. And in some ways, the speeder bike is one of the best physical illustrations of that spirit of Star Wars. You heard it here, folks. Speeder bikes are at the heart of Star Wars. I've never agreed with Joseph Scrimshaw more than I have right now. <laughs> I would love it. And you know what? I I There's that pl uh, playground set, with like a swing and a slide, and, and the little swings like a speeder bike. I, I never got to see one of those in person. I was probably too old by the time they even were released. But if I was to see one now, I risk breaking the slide swing set um, <laughs> to ride one of those there. And if they could, if they could figure out a way to, I know, like, um, is it Disney Shanghai that's got the Tron kind of thing where you're kind of on the Tron bikes for the ride? If they oh, wow. could find a way, Galaxy's Edge. I'm asking a lot because they're already done a great job with that land. But if you give me a speeder bike experience, I'm all all for it. I'm all there. I'll I'll pay top dollar for that. Bob. Yeah, <laughs> they're good for social distancing too, since only one person can ride on them at a time. It's <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Perfect indeed. That is why uh, my number one, the seventy four Z speeder bike. From the mean streets of Endor to uh, many other places in Star Wars. So, Joseph, uh, we're going to close down uh, the list here. Uh, put the cherry on top with your number one. My number one, my personal favorite, the uh, Imperial Vehicle Cherry, is the AT-AT or AT-AT, depending on your age and preference. Uh, I'm going to say AT-AT because that is uh, that's how I uh, grew up with it. Uh, the AT-AT is it, it's just so bizarre and so cool. It's one of those things that when I saw it as a kid, I didn't question 
anything about it of like, well, why did they send walkers? Why aren't they having hovercraft? And, you know, you can get to the adult stuff. Like, well, their shields are up. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Point is, I loved that they were this totally different idea of what Imperial might look might would look like. And you you totally felt it in the the way that they are were a little bit more uh, anthropomorphized, that they were a little bit more like. Well, they've got legs and a body. And when that head turns and blasts out at you, it feels like evil itself has got its eye on you and can take you down. Uh, So there's just like the absolute uh, coolness of the feeling of them, the absolute inventiveness that the the armor is, uh, you know, too strong for blasters and having to use the tow cables, everything about the sequence. Uh, But it is is becoming obvious from uh, our talking about this. A lot of this is also the toys, and mm. they were the holy grail uh, for oh, me. Yeah. They were the thing, along with the Death Star itself. Uh, I had, by that point in life, given up on the Death Star. I was literally told uh, that my grandmother and Santa Claus combined could not afford the Death Star, uh, <laughs> and we uh, we still could not afford the At At. And you know, it was uh, you. You talked to a lot of uh, people of our generation. Th- the rich kid on the block that that everybody uh, yeah. uh, maybe not rich, but the kid who was doing a little bit better or whatever. That was the kid who had the ad at was like the what you have it. Um, mm-hmm. And I finally uh, finally got one uh, power of the force. Uh, my brother uh, gave me one for Christmas uh, and I gave him the video game Rogue Squadron at the same Christmas. And I finally got one and displayed it uh, proudly uh, in, in a bunch of different homes uh, that I lived in up until I moved to Los Angeles. Uh, so the AT-AT, it's great for lots of cool uh, Star Wars reasons, uh, a part of one of the coolest uh, scenes, the, the most revolutionary special effects moments in cinema history, and also one of the most coveted toys of my life. So my number one has to be the AT-AT. I love this. This is just like the speeder bike has to close my list. I'm glad this is closing the entire show. It is, it is the it is the embodiment of the Empire to me. We talk about how the, the sequence of introducing uh, the Super Star Destroyer and the Imperial March is kind of the sounds of uh, the Empire taking over the galaxy or the sounds of their oppress- oppression. This is the visualization of it. Stomping oppressive foot racing down our plucky, uh, down slowly racing toward our plucky <laughs> rebels. Um, I've talked often about how I love that shot through the, uh, you know, uh, the binoculars there from, uh, uh, what's, what's this? Trey Callum, I believe his name, the rebel officer was played by, uh, Bob Anderson, the guy who does a lot of the sword stunts in uh, the, the original trilogy for Vader. Um, and how that terrified me as a kid and still brings those nerd chills. And I love, you're talking about, all right, you know, all right, maybe not the rich kid on the block, but I had that friend too, Joseph, Terry, Terry got every toy. He got every toy. <laughs> He was the kid that got Optimus Prime. He's the kid that got the USS flag from G.I. Joe, and he's the kid that had the ad ad. And yeah, and I never got the ad ad, but it's the the allure of it. Even the even like you said, the power of the Force one. Oh my gosh, the allure of it. That the, the original Kenner one. There's a, a a shop around the corner from me here, in Magnolia Park in the Burbank area. It's a, it's a vintage kind of thrift shop, and they got a lot of Star Wars toys. And they had I don't know if it's still there. They had the original Kenner out of the box, lights work and everything, mm. and a Luke, yeah, a, a Hoth gear Luke. Excuse me, a a a, a pilot Luke. Uh, they had it correct, uh, X wing pilot. Kenner Luke hanging down from a wire and it sits up there and it's, and it's priced to go at $300. And I walked in there one day 
And I had that roll call of which credit card is open <laughs> type of feeling. And Grace had to pull me back from the ledge. I don't know, man. It just is, <laughs> it's, it is, it's that white whale from Star Wars collecting that it just, it just doesn't go away. And that's it is the it white is whale. Cool. Yeah. That kid was named Jeremy who had, uh, in my life, who had Optimus <laughs> Prime and the, the AT-AT. I did get Optimus Prime eventually. You're saying some great yeah. stuff uh, about, and, and I think uh, maybe some of the, the depth that I, I'm, you know, uh, a little toy focused on this one, that you're right. Oh. The literal march, that the the gears and the foot stomps, it's, it's mm-hmm. so mechanical. It's a literal march. And you're reminding me by talking about, you know, uh, Luke hanging from the bottom of it. It's a great depiction of, of these themes we talk about in Star Wars mm-hmm. where, the AT-AT is this uh, mechanical menace marching forward, 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 blasting everything at sight. And the rebels have to be bizarrely creative in order to take them down. And that is another great example of the uh, mechanical versus the organic in Star Wars. I love it. I love it. I love the depth. I love the surface. Just cool. And I love the toys. This is why this has been a fun conversation. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for uh, inspiring this list bringing this list to the show and sharing all of your memories. Great list, my friends. This is why we love talking Star Wars. Yeah, this is a great one. I've, I've got to nerd out so much. I've got uh, nerd chills right here in my apartment. <laughs> nerd chills indeed. Uh, more Star Wars ranks will be coming your way as we uh, have fun just ranking all the parts of Star Wars. Uh, I have been uh, discussing uh, with our good friend Billy Patterson, Andres Cabrera. They, they love coming into rank two and uh, trying to work some more with these, but it's uh, it's always fun to sit down with Joseph. Well, to sit across town. We're, we're doing this remotely, <laughs> and there should be a documentary uh, made about the making of this episode of Star Wars Ranked with the technical issues we, we dealt with. So we, we appreciate all of you out there for joining us uh, and keeping uh, with us on this ride through recording via social distancing measures. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we also uh, want to let you know if you want to follow the conversation, use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked on Twitter and follow us at Force Center Pod, like our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, YouTube, more things coming to YouTube, like our series Star Wars Show and Tell. Uh, we got some new in memoriams on the way that I'm really excited about and yeah jennifer's uh we're, we're we're talking with her to get her on show and tell as well you know she has a lot of things to share with all of you from her personal star wars collection that's all on our youtube channel patreon.com slash four centers where you can go to support t public is where you can find our merch and if you want to try an audiobook on us go to audibletrial.com slash four center and pick a book give it a whirl maybe even that mysterious book joseph was mentioning uh, we got our own <laughs> things uh, going on. Uh, Joseph, they can follow you and your website. Anything you want to highlight for, uh, that you're working on right now? Uh, yeah, uh, not something I'm working on right now, but uh, something that would maybe uh, uh, help people pass the time as they're looking for more entertainment. I got several comedy albums on my website. They're all available digitally. Uh, you can get a link there to bandcamp.com. Uh, you can find all that on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. And you can follow me on social media. Uh, I'm Twitter and Instagram handle is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can follow me at, <clears throat> excuse me, at Ken Napsock. And uh, if you were looking for uh, some uh, more shows, uh, I just launched a baseball podcast feed called Box Score Heroes. Episodes are forthcoming, but you can find it on Twitter and subscribe wherever you like your podcasts. That's coming uh, to talk. Uh, my other my other passion is baseball. So what I do with Star Wars, I'm going to start doing a little more with baseball. Box Score Heroes coming your way. All right. That is it. Go play with your toys or go to that thrift shop. Go to that vintage store and get that toy. 
you always wanted to complete your Star Wars Connect collection. That is it. Star Wars has been ranked. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.